Welcome to the Sally O'Neill podcast, where I get to be your clinical nutritionist for a quick snippet of time and take you through evidence-based topics and tools that will help you reach your goals faster and more sustainably than ever before. My mission is to empower you with the juicy bits of my degree and experience in practice so you can become the scientist of your own body, build a beautiful relationship with food and exercise, and then hopefully fire me because you're utterly self-sufficient with it. Now, today we're diving into a topic that's often overlooked and it holds great potential for women, and that's creatine supplementation. You've probably heard about it before, but I'm going to dive into why it's specifically helpful for women, what dosage and all that jazz. We're going to be discussing the benefits, timing, best practices, and even how it can be combined with caffeine. Now, I know there are so many supplements on the market now, and I think honestly 99% of them are rubbish, but creatine actually stands out. There's some really consistent long-term studies now showing the benefits, and we really understand the mechanism behind these benefits. But before I dive in, I've got a huge favor to ask. If this podcast brings you value, I would love your feedback. It'll take you 10 seconds to just drop me a five-star rating on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. And if you could add a sentence or two about what you enjoyed about it, it helps me create so much more content of the stuff that you love and bring even more value to this community with better content. So I really, really appreciate it for all the people who've been doing that and leaving me beautiful feedback. You guys are legends. Now, if you're listening to this on your daily walk or you're getting your steps in or you're on your commute or you're meal prepping or whatever you're up to right now, please take a photo of yourself and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me. I would absolutely love to see what you're getting up to while you're listening to this. Your community can get value from it too and I'll be sure to repost your content as a thank you for sharing the love. So grab a cup of coffee or a protein shake and let's get started on creatine for women. Before we get into the nitty gritty of kind of how it works, let's address a common misconception about creatine. Now many women, including private clients of mine, worry that it's going to make them bulky or cause excessive water retention. Now, these concerns are pretty unfounded and I'll dive into why shortly. So keep listening. Creatine is not a hormone. It's not going to cause you to gain fat or size, really, unless you pair it with intense strength training for a decent period of time. Now, creatine can offer some fantastic benefits for women, particularly those looking to enhance their fitness journey. And in fact, at certain stages of life, women actually might benefit the most. So it's definitely not just for blokes and bodybuilders, which is probably what you've heard the narrative around. You might be shocked to hear this, but creatine is actually more studied as a supplement than whey protein for its benefits in exercise. It has a huge body of quality evidence to support the notion that creatine is one of the most effective and safe supplements we have available to us to enhance our performance in the gym. But as I was saying, there's also many benefits, even for non-gym goers, 
in using and supplementing creatine. So firstly, I should probably chat quickly about how the hell this stuff works, what it does, and why we'd be interested in taking it. So creatine is a cofactor in ATP production. Now, before you fast forward, a little bit of science, ATP is essentially the battery cell inside your cells. And this is how we create energy. So ATP is essentially an, a molecule of energy. And to be able to produce ATP, we need creatine in that biological process. So ATP kind of empties and recharges via this thing called the phosphocreatine system. And as the name implies, creatine is needed for this process to help recharge that cell battery to produce the energy. Now, this is happening at lightning speed in your cells pretty much all of the time. We can get about 80% of our creatine stores from food, things such as meat, dairy, fish. They all contain creatine. About 80% though, as I was saying, um, we actually find it very difficult as humans to maximize those stores by just eating more. For some reason, our body likes to cap out the stores from food and we find it very hard without that supplementation to reach a higher saturation than that 80% or thereabouts. And this is where creatine powders come in handy because of course, as a nutritionist, I'm all about food first, get it from your food, no need to supplement. But Hopefully now I've got your attention and you understand how it works. What exactly are the benefits of creatine? And specifically, why is it great for women that I keep waffling on about? So firstly, the typical reason that people take creatine is it is proven to help us improve strength and power output. Now, creatine increases your body's ability to produce energy quickly during high-intensity exercise. So, therefore, you can push harder and potentially lift heavier weights and perform more reps before that fatigue hits. That makes sense, right? Like you're recharging your battery quickly and therefore you can push out another rep. Whereas if you didn't have a high creatine store, you might find that the fatigue hits faster and the cells don't recharge as quickly and therefore you're not going to have as an, as an effective session as you would if you had full creatine stores. Now, over the long run, this means that you're going to see more gains, obviously, in muscle strength and endurance and just improved overall performance. So vote one in the creatine bucket. Awesome for strength and power output. Remember, though, it's not a muscle builder. So you can't just take creatine and not strength train and assume that your muscles are going to grow. The growth comes from the additional work that you place on the muscle as a byproduct of taking creatine and having the extra energy to do so. So creatine itself isn't involved in muscle building, but it is involved in improving your capacity and your output. And therefore, you will see as a result of that improved strength and potential muscle gain. Okay. Secondly, bonus, creatine actually helps with muscle recovery and reduces muscle damage. It acts as a buffer against that buildup. You know that burn that you get when you're exercising? You're like, oh, it burns, it burns. We actually say that it's lactic acid. There's 
more science behind it than that. But for the sake of this podcast and for keeping it short, let's call it lactic acid. Now, creatine acts as a buffer against that acid and that burn. So it's super beneficial for women engaged in resistance training or high intensity activities like CrossFit, sprinting, and also strength training, which in my mind and many others is actually a high intensity activity because you're doing fast bursts of intense movement, okay, by lifting the barbell from the floor or curling a dumbbell three biceps. Now, interestingly, women specifically actually metabolize creatine differently to men, lol, mainly because of our differing sex hormones, which you may or may not have heard before. And we're actually primed to receive more benefit, oh, so good, than men. One of the benefits of being a woman, let's be honest, comparative to men, they've got it very easy. We're going to take that as a win. Now, as we age, again, this is really cool, your estrogen declines. So we think in perimenopause, menopause, your estrogen may rise, it may fall, it might rise again, but eventually it declines. And estrogen, not only does it give us the small waist and the boobs and all the feminine features that we're so familiar with, but it actually maintains bone density as well. Not sexy, nobody talks about it. But when we lose estrogen as we age, or estrogen as we age, we actually kind of lose a bit of that bone density, right? So creatine provides the energy to the cells that build new bone, and it prevents, therefore, bone breakdown as well, which is vital as older ladies if we want to avoid those pesky fractures as we age. How many times have we heard women falling over and fracturing their hip? And it's either, you know, they've landed themselves in a wheelchair or they're on bed rest or it's actually caused like head trauma. And sadly, those ladies may not be with us anymore. That's It's a genuine fact that those fractures really common it's specifically in women as we age because we're much more susceptible thanks to declining estrogen to things like osteoporosis brittle bone you know the score now i'm sure everybody listening to this podcast is like hell yeah i want a high quality of life when i age nobody wants to be wheelchair bound everybody wants to be able to be mobile and go for a walk with the girlfriends when they're 90 and get a coffee still like we're all hoping for that right so i think this is an incredible insight because bone density is so key and creatine has been shown to improve bone mineral density. So in 2015, there was a researcher in Canada named Chilabek and his team, and they found that 12 months of supplementation, so let's be honest, we're playing the long game, but 12 months of supplementation improved bone mineral density in postmenopausal women. So if, you, if you've never taken this before and you're like, I'm 50, it's too late, you are not, honey, sorry, this is also very beneficial if you're not in the gym and you're just concerned about bone mineral density. It is such a cheap and effective supplement that you can include in your day that is preventative of bone loss. Now, combine that with the wonders of resistance training if you're keen and that's 
as we know, incredible for bone density too. So things like Pilates, you don't have to be doing F45, okay, or lifting insane heavy weights. I don't expect you to be deadlifting when you're 50. Like we really don't need to do that. But things that give resistance to the body are amazing for bone density. And we're on a winner then in the preservation of the bone that we have now, the density of it, and avoiding brittle bone and osteoporosis. So despite a high dose in this study, which I think was 10 grams, it's double the dosage of a usual day, which is a five gram dose. There were no adverse effects in the creatine group than there were in the placebo group. So this supports heaps of other research that has found that creatine does not cause issues like weight gain and hair loss and liver and kidney problems. They actually found that there was no adverse effects compared to the people who didn't take it. There's many other studies that back up this notion and it has an incredible safety profile. So if anybody's like, oh, I don't want to add this into my diet, I don't know what it's going to do. If you can find any evidence that says it's going to give any random side effects, I would be really, really interested to hear it because seemingly at the moment doesn't exist. Now, one side effect that I do want to flag though, and it's, would I call it a side effect or would I just call it biology? Hmm. Is the conversation around water retention. Now, people panic about water retention and sure, creatine does cause water retention. However, bullet point, it is actually stored intramuscularly which is inside the muscle itself. So in fact, your muscles actually look more sizable, if anything else, which is going to give you that defined look or make you feel more defined. It's not the same water retention when we're thinking of PMS or you've had a bit too much soy sauce on your sushi, okay? It may mean though, and I need you to remember this if you're going to start supplementing, that when you step on the scales, the additional water weight shows up on your scales. You need to remember it's not fat gain. It's simply water. Just like if you drunk a litre of water and then stood on the scales, you're going to weigh heavier than when you did it pre-water. You're going to hold on to water. You know it's not fat. But if the scale number scares you, it's a heads up that if you start taking creatine, it might be to the tune of half a kilo, even up to like, say, two kilos. And one of the really cool ways of getting around that, if you are really hung up on the numbers, is to get yourself a body fat scale. Because generally speaking, and you can find these on Amazon and God knows where, everywhere. Generally speaking, although they're not super accurate, they are great at giving you trends. So you can see if there's been a spike in your weight. Now, we're not super concerned, like, is it accurate that I'm measuring at 60 kilos? On another set of scales, you might be 55. On another set of scales, you might be 57. It doesn't mean that your weight has fluctuated four kilos. It means that scales are inaccurate. But what we want to know is, is there a big spike from that point? Okay, or is there a loss from that point? And that's the data we're interested in, not the actual accuracy of the numbers that you're receiving, but the fluctuations from the norm. So if you're normally weighing in at, say, 55 kilos, and you start taking creatine and it jumps to 57, do not panic, darling. It's not fat. Okay, so now we know that it's safe and it's awesome. Let's talk about the timing and the dosage, because I think that's fairly important. Now, 
Creatine monohydrate is the most common and available. You can literally walk into Coles or Woolworths supermarket and grab some. It's the most common and well-researched form of creatine, which is why experts generally recommend this form. It's the most studied. We've got the most um, kind of evidence on it, and we're just stoked with monohydrate creatine. Now, you'll just make sure you read the back of the packet to make sure that it's 100% creatine monohydrate. Don't want any extras in there. Ideally, don't want flavors. It's not necessary. Uh, it should just be a 100% pure white powder. If you've ever had collagen before, like the collagen powder, very, very similar. It doesn't have a taste. It mixes into everything. The benefit of creatine, also, it isn't affected by heat. So if you want to stick it in your coffee, you can. You stick it in a cup of tea. You can put it in your hot chocolate. The dosage is usually recommended at about five grams a day. And that's in one serve. It doesn't need to be split over multiple servings. And the general consensus is that taking creatine post-workout or, in fact, at any other time of the day is effective. Interestingly, there's some new evidence, because you know I love the evidence, to say that combining it with caffeine can have a synergistic effect. So if you want to try mixing it into your morning coffee, as I said, try it. Creatine doesn't appear to be affected by heat, so I don't want you panicking about oh, I'm putting it in a hop copper. That's fine. So in summary, ladies, super quick one for you. We're going to keep this under 20 minutes. But anyone who wants to build muscle mass or improve bone strength can benefit from creatine. But perhaps women have got the most to gain. Now, Remember that most supplements should be the cherry on top of your already awesome diet and training protocol. And if you're not there yet, you don't need to turn to creatine to add on mass or get more defined. Focus on the shit that really matters first. So if you want to take it for bone health and you're happy to add it into your routine, I say do it, man. It is cheap, it's effective, and it's safe. Now, quick one, if you're interested in the world of supplements specifically for women, I have spent months writing a new ebook and it's titled The Women's Guide to Effective Supplementation, which I will link in the show notes for anyone who wants a bit more information about because specifically even speaking on supplements for um, perimenopausal ladies, menopausal ladies, endometriosis, PCOS sisters, like everybody out there, specifically for women who want to know things like what supplements should I take for stress, for fat loss, what's effective for um, for sleep, for example. It's broken down by chapter and you'll see all this on the website, but you'll be able to see like, okay, this affects me. It'd be really good to know what's the scientific evidence behind timing, dosage and amount. And what kind of type should I be taking? Do I need practitioner only? Do I need something off a shelf? So it's very, very comprehensive. In actual fact, I think it's over 100 pages. If you found that you are a bit confused by supplements, it's going to be a great addition to your knowledge bank. Now, again, if you found value in this podcast, please share it with a friend, forward it on, tag your mates. And if it sparked confusion or questions, that's kind of great too. You can hit me up on Instagram or threads because apparently we have a new social media platform to contend with now at the Fit Foodie blog. 
Until next Monday, guys, enjoy your food and your training with that 80-20 balance. Bye.